Blog Talk Radio. everybody and welcome once again to Madam Perry Salon, the podcast broadcast out of a little genie bottle somewhere in cyberspace. I am your host, Groove Mistress, let me say that again, Groove Mistress, <laughs> Spiritual Advisor and Cruise Director, Madam Perry, but you can call me Jen, Jennifer, JP. I am just happy to be here and happy here. We've been having so much fun on the show and let me remind you that... Um, a lot of the guests, when they come on, if they have some kind of a special offer or something or a discount or whatever or places to be, I try to make sure I keep it all, uh, give you all that information on all of my social media so you can find it. But if there's something that I've forgotten or you haven't seen, you, know, you can always find me on Twitter as Madam Perry or as Perry Jen, or you can find me on uh, Instagram as Madam Perry or Lone Wolf Jen or, or Facebook. Uh, Jennifer Maudet Perry or the Madam Perry Salon. Also, um, let's see, don't forget, uh, with, uh, um, we had Joe Milliken on a few, well, a couple months ago, and he had wrote the book, uh, Let's Go, about Ben Orr of the Cars, and the uh, winner of that, you know, he gave away a book to people that called in and messaged him. They wanted to be in the drawing, and uh, we did give away a winner. The drawing was done. You know, I got to keep it fair, so I don't do it, and and uh, guests don't do it. But I always have somebody else. This time it was Frank Deville Greenville. Uh, he's a musician. Lately, he's been touring a lot with the Gap Band, but you probably know some of his music from different TV shows or working on The Voice and such. And, uh, yeah, so look him up and go see him play around around L.A. and different places. But he did the drawing, and the book went to Rachel Ann Cox. But still, if you didn't win one, it's still a great book. If you if you love the cars, you love 80s music, and you loved Benjamin Orr. Um, last night we had uh, – <laughs> I feel like, like my mind, I'm just kind of going into a, a forgettery instead of a memory right now. Last night, Brad Schreiber was on here to talk about his book, Music is Power. It was about uh, music and social consciousness and the will to try to change or things through music. And it was fantastic. We had such a good time. I mean, we were still talking at time to cut off. And a lot of people called in, and I appreciated that. And we his book goes through, he doesn't want to call it protest music, just socially conscious, but I mean, we covered everybody from uh, Joe Hill, Phil Oaks, Dylan, uh, Joan Baez, up to um, Grand, well, we didn't get on to Grandmaster Flash, uh, James Brown, uh, Dead Kennedys, uh, Green Day, Dixie Chicks, um, Frank Zappa, just all kinds of people, Marvin Gaye, who had written songs with a socially conscious message. And it's a great book. So get Music is Power by Brad Schreiber. And it's got a lot of other good books too, like Becoming Jimi Hendrix and uh, one that's called uh, 
You think that's funny? So, yeah, so check all of his books out. He's a very fun guy. So, uh, you know lately, too, I've been talking about, I'm so excited. It's my happy time of the year, getting ready for Wild Wild West Con, the steampunk event out in Tucson. And I've been having a lot of the special uh, featured guests on lately. Uh, had uh, Wheeler Stone, Doc Stone, was on a couple of weeks ago. He was a lot of fun. Uh, coming up soon, we've got Liana Renee Heber. She's an author and actress. And I met her at Book Expo about 10 years ago. So looking forward to seeing her again. Uh, coming up soon, we're also going to have uh, Subpoint, Tobias Wolf and Thomas Williford, and maybe Taylor. Taylor is quite a busy gal, but everybody knows Taylor's Forge by her first name. And uh, Poison Garden, the steampunk band from Italy that's going to be performing there this year. And just um, all kinds of stuff. But tonight, oh, my word. You're in this, for the people that know this woman, this artist, and her work, you are already wowed. Um, I've been showing these pictures to people lately and sharing them on social media, and people are just um, agog, just just speechless, like I almost am, at her work. She's an award-winning costumer. She regularly appears as a guest presenter on unconventional costuming at sci-fi and fantasy conventions in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, she's created some very recognizable cloth cosplay from the sci-fi universe, but she's most recognized for her costume as art ethic through original projects that are constructed from found savage, it's not savage, salvaged or vintage items. Um, And here's what I like, especially after seeing her work. A costumer who doesn't sew. She's a popular panelist for her enthusiasm in costuming with the minimum of resources and the maximum of tenacity. You're going to have to check out her work if you haven't seen it yet, but I know a lot of people have been seeing it. Um, Her work has been appeared in several national news outlets, TV, independent film, as well as being featured in books, including 1,000 Steampunk Creations, 1,000 Cosplay Creations, the Steampunk User's Manual by Jeff Vandermeer. Um, And her costume art has been exhibited at various venues around the U.S. Of course, I'm talking about the brilliant, magnificent, Paige Gardner. Paige, welcome to your first time here in Madam Perry's salon. Thank you, Madam Perry. Your genie bottle is absolutely beautiful. There's so much velvet and glitter and beads in here. I'm afraid I don't know where to sit. (laughs) (laughs) I was so, so glad that you find it lovely. You know, sometimes it's even more, um, you know, you get a little more, um, apprehensive it's like oh this person really does know art and, and how to decorate and put things together what's she going to think but yeah i'm glad you're comfortable just find a nice couple of nice big cushions just to recline uh against or sit on or whatever you prefer i'm happy to have you here you know i have to mention that where it says a costumer who doesn't sew um and when when i was in high school back in those days you had to have a women girls the girls had to take home ec and there were three semesters uh cooking family and child care, and sewing. And in cooking, I made a C, and, and I'm a good cook. Family and child care, an A, but I've never had kids, but I've got dogs. And <laughs> sewing, I made an F, a flat-out F in sewing, the only F I made in high school. And um, 
I told somebody, I said, you know, even when I was little, if I had to make a doll dress, I would just use staples. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Well, because, so now, because you and I, Jennifer, you and I are, are of an age, let's just say. Um, so I had the same experience of, of home economics with the same uh, division of uh, experience in teaching with cooking and uh, family care and budgeting as well as sewing. So I actually was taught to sew in my 10th grade year in high school, and we had to make a shirt. And so they gave us patterns, and we cut out the you know, fabric with the patterns, and we were supposed to sew this shirt. And to get the grade, you had to put the shirt on uh, and let the teacher examine oh. the shirt while you wore it. And so I had a beautiful like blue gingham fabric that I picked out, and I struggled and struggled to make this shirt and I sort of made a shirt but when it was time to try it on I slipped my arm into one sleeve and I slipped my arm into the other and I had sewn the other sleeve to my breast. I mean literally I looked like Napoleon Bonaparte with my arm bent across my middle sewn to the front of the shirt. So rather than try <laughs> oh, to fix no. it, because I'm out, of, I'm out of time, I just stood in front of my instructor with my arm in that sleeve, stomped my stomach. And she asked to see each thing and each thing. I twisted and turned and showed her the other parts of the shirt, and she never noticed that the other <gasps> And my arm was you? my breast. I got an A. You clever little dickens, you. <laughs> I wish I still had that shirt to prove that I can sew when pressed, but I've, I haven't touched the machine since then. You know, as as a good friend of mine, and I used to say to people like this, because you are a damn genius. <laughs> that is brilliant. <laughs> well, I think that was the beginning uh, of, of fake it till you make it. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it burned me on sewing, uh, for sure. <laughs> okay. Well, so your your costumes, I mean, I would, okay, I'm going to tell you, I was talking, I'm telling uh, a girlfriend who had called me this week, um, I'm talking to her about you coming on and the stuff that you've um, done, and I said, while we're on the phone, because she says, oh, when I want to make stuff, whatever, I said, look, while we're on the phone together, look her up, so she, we're on the I'm on the phone with her. I said, because I want to be on the phone with you when you see Paige Gardner's work. And I want to, and, and when you hit that moment where you audibly gasp or whatever, it's shock. And so she's looking and she's going, well, we're, ah, like that. And she goes, ah, is, is this? I said, well, tell me what you're seeing. And she did. I said, yeah. And she's going, how does someone do this? And I said, well, that's what I'm going to try to learn from her. You know, she's, um, the page is very generous as far as showing people, teaching, thinking, people giving classes and so forth. So um, let's see, what is the, uh, um, in the description here I have a view, I say, with Paige's humorous approach to daunting projects featuring shocking shortcuts, fresh ideas, and eccentric tips. Now that, to me, that's, that's the way to go. That's where it's at. That's pure genius, and that's energizing just to think about. So how did you begin? If you will take us, Take us through the way back machine to the beginning. Since you, since you obviously didn't get 
a feeling at the end of sewing class that you wanted to continue with sewing. What in the world brought you to the point where you realized the genius that you have? <laughs> well, you're very kind. I wouldn't call it genius, but I would call it um, persistent. Um, I, I will say that even through my high school and uh, college years, if there was any opportunity to costume, and you know, I, was, I was first in line to do that, but that was those were the years that you know, I still don't sew. So I discovered, yes, you can actually staple a costume together. When you said staples, I thought, well, that's doable because um, <laughs> you can you can cut felt and uh, you get a heavy duty stapler, and you can staple that stuff together, and then just glue the ribbon over it to hide the staples. I have more than one costume in college that was literally stapled together the night before, and uh, you know worked just fine. But you know, as I got older, I had children kind of channeled my costume energy into making sure that their costumes were the absolute best thing on the street <laughs> and uh, you know, kind of use, use my kids as a as an artistic outlet, if you will, a craft outlet. But it wasn't until um, I, I lost the bet. <laughs> what a good uh, use for children. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're great. They're patient. You know, I want to be King Tut. Well, if you're going to be King Tut, you're going to be the full-on resplendent mummy case opens and out you step King Tut. I mean, we're not, we're not doing wow. something halfway. And uh, they were enthusiastic <laughs> until the halfway point, And then they're just like, oh, do I have to stand still with my mama? Yes, this is for me. It's about me. It's not about you anymore. It's about me. I'm kidding. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm going to staple you a pilgrim costume together right now, and you're going to like it. Um, no, they were, they were patient, and they and, and they they helped. You know, my kids are uh, thank goodness they're you know they're creative in their own ways and um, have all costumes in, in various capacities. Even after I you know uh, even after they got past the Halloween age, but. Um, it wasn't until about about ten years ago, really, that uh, um, I lost a bet. I, I, my oldest son had um, was in a really challenging academic program uh, in one of the finest schools in the country, but you know he was you know, struggling to you know, make the grades to stay there. And I said, "Son, uh, I'm not asking for A's, but if you can just..." not fail and just stay in the school. I'll take you anywhere in the lower forty eight you want to go. I will I will treat you to a wonderful Ooh. trip. And uh he said, Okay. So he worked really hard and when he finally, you know, made the grade and uh upward trajectory, I said, You have completed your task. Where do you want to go next? And <laughs> he said, Dragon Con and I said, no, you are kidding, because I had avoided Dragon Con successfully for 20 years. All my friends went and said, Paige, you would surely love it. I said, nope, not going too many, you know, Star Trek years. I can't, I can't be there. I'm a nerd, but I'm not that nerd. And so I had, I had dodged Dragon Con for 20 years, and then my son you know, lose the bet, and I'm going to take him somewhere, and that's where he wants to go. So I keep my promise, and I take him to Atlanta for the first Dragon Con I've ever been to. And when we came up out of the subway escalators into the the Hyatt uh, food court, 
everywhere I looked, there were these amazing costumes from every show I ever loved, as well as just, you know, these steampunk things and individual creations. And my child was just in my lap. And instead of, you know, being uh, uncomfortable with it, I felt like I found my tribe. I found where I'm supposed to be. And my son and I both just kind of swam in all the creativity at this enormous convention in Atlanta. And by the end of the weekend, um, there was an opportunity to buy your tickets for the next year. And I looked at him and he said, absolutely, yes, we buy tickets for next year. And further, you know, I want to wear a costume. And I said, honey, I'm right there with you. I'm going to make a costume, not knowing (laughs) at all how to make a costume. I don't sew. I don't have any traditional (laughs) skills. But by God, we are going to make costumes and wear them and rejoin our tribe in a year. So, you know, with that challenge in front of us, um, I started thinking, well, uh, what can I afford? Not much. You know, I'm a single mother with four kids. Two jobs. I don't have a lot of expendable income. Um, So the thrift store seemed like a natural destination, as well as going through you know, other things in my closet to see what can, you know, be repurposed. And then how am I going to put it all together? Well, if I don't sew, then I'm looking for things that have, you know, buttonholes in them or maybe I can poke a hole in it with a with an ice pick and uh, run a zip tie through it to hold it all together. And it seems <laughs> impossible, but you know what? You can do that. And there's fabric glue. I didn't know such a thing was really, you know, as advanced as it is. But, yes, fabric glue. I can cut this top off this dress and get the bottom of this thrift store dress and cut it all up. And fabric fabric type will hold it together, and, and it does. <laughs> um, so it was a year of experimentation and uh, gluing a lot of kitchen utensils onto my face, uh, onto a mask to wear on my face. And, um I just discovered that with persistence um, and, uh, you know, just no fear because you you know you're going to make a costume. I mean, you know it's going to happen. So you just need to relax and let it happen. (laughs) But it's going to happen in its own time. This kind of costuming that I I do is not something where typically I can say, you know, okay, I want this costume. It's going to look like this. And start making it, and that's ready in 60 days. That's not how this kind of costuming works. When you don't have a lot of money, you kind of depend on things to come your way in the thrift store. So it may take a year of thrift picking to assemble just the color scheme of things you want to work with. Or it may take, you know, at least three months of figuring out, you know, what glue is going to hold us together or where can I poke a hole in this where it won't be seen so I can use a key ring to, to hook it on to something else. It takes a lot of um, patience and persistence to make costumes uh-huh. when you don't have a lot of expendable income or uh, a whole suitcase of, of various uh, crafty talents. It, it takes time. So if you have a little time and patience, anybody can do what I do. Well, you know, I just recently learned myself about glue because I saw one of these. I keep seeing these, you know, remake or refigure clothes. Like take take a uh, take something you have and turn it into something else. I've watched all the YouTube videos, so I decided to make one and I went to the uh, place and I see all this um, 
There's different types. Yeah, a whole wall of different types of glue at the Joanne store. And then a little book that you, they'll give you for free to let you know what kind of glue goes on what type of item. So, oh, man, this is made for me. I love this. So, yeah, this is great. By the way, I ought to say that if you're listening to us live right now, and this is February 11th, 2020, uh, it's 8.20 p.m. GMT minus 5 or uh, 7.20 if you're Central Time, and you can figure it out on from there, I am talking with the brilliant costume artist Paige Gardner here on Madame Perry Salon. If you got a question for her, or if you want to talk to her, uh, ask a question about costumes or say something uh, to us, or if you're going to Wild Wild West Con or whatever, just give us a call. The number is 646-716-9922. That's 646 646- Seven one six nine nine two two. If you want to call, but you can't, um, well, you can't use the phone because you're at a place where you got to be quiet, like a job or babysitting. You can always people always send messages uh, on Facebook either through Jennifer Modette Perry or Madam Perry Salon. And look at here, Tony Ballard Smoot, who's going to be at Wild West Con. He says he just put on there page with an exclamation mark in my messages. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh my good lord, we have the best they... time. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so give us a call or message. And I've got somebody on on hold right now, Paige. Uh, if you don't mind, I think this is somebody that knows their way in. So if you'll just reach over and part the beaded curtain for me. Can do. Oh, watch the wine. All okay. right. That's all right. All right. Come on in, sweetie. Hello. 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 you two be working on panels and costumes. You only got three weeks, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I'm doing a 30-day countdown. Are you not following my costume arts Facebook page? (laughs) Of course I am, Paige. Come on now. (laughs) We're so happy you're going to be back this year. We really are. We can't wait to see you. Amber and I are both just ecstatic you're going to be back. Well, I'm so, so honored to be invited back out again. And uh, I promise not to overreact to tumbleweeds and cactus like I did last time. But, wow, it's just so, so different out there that um, uh, I just kind of lost my mind. And uh, I did keep the tumbleweeds. So I hope that's not illegal, but I think I did. Hopefully this nice, cool weather we're having will stick around for a little bit. It's like, you know, it won't be too bad for costuming if it does. If it does. You know, we've been in, you know, upper 50s to mid-60s. You know, it's been kind of nice. That sounds perfect oh. for what I'm bringing. Oh, good. Oh, do you know April Hall? Uh, absolutely mm. do. She just sent a message. A lovely message saying Paige is my favorite costumer. She's a fantastic person. Yeah, and her panels at all conventions should not be missed. Photos photos can't do her amazing creations justice. Thank you, April. That is so sweet. April is my roommate at DragonCon, and she's actually Uh local. She lives here in Birmingham near me, and so... Uh, we get together and bounce ideas off of each other constantly because she does so and she does have skills and she does know fabric. And so, you know, when I get into one of those situations like, 
you know, what is this fabric going to do? April's going to have the answer. Um, she also is a, a, also, you know, I have this repurposing ethic and kind of this green ethic, and, and April does as well. She uh, uses uh, only feathers that have fallen naturally off of birds and is always, you know, keeping that repurposing green ethic in her mind. So uh, she's a good spirit guide for me when I'm building costumes as well to, you know, not waste things. Ah, all right. Yeah, I think that's the thing, too, that that was probably a big impetus for you, because I know with my parents, their parents had come from the uh, uh, Depression generations where we were always taught not to waste, not to waste. So every time I see something, yeah, but that could be something else, you know, repurpose, reuse, reimagine. Mm -hmm. What about you, James Breen? Uh, James Breen (laughs) of Dreadnought Radio, who helps keep all of us panel people in order at Wild Wild West Con. Are you a repurposer? Not an easy task. Oh, yes. <laughs> Not an easy oh, task yeah. to take care of us. <laughs> Not as bad as Amber's job, though. You know, I mean, VIP services, I, I wouldn't have the patience. <laughs> okay. All right. So how is Amber? I, I, I is, she, is she ready? I um, respect that. We're both we're both at that, you know, it's uh down to the wire, last minute crunch, you know, trying to dot all the I's, cross all the T's, you know, that all that fun hectic, you know, down to the wire stuff. Mhm. Mhm. Well, I am so thrilled that you know, like I like I tell everybody and I told Paige this when we talked a few weeks ago, it was you that kept on at me year after year. And I go, oh, well, maybe, you know, well, maybe. And then once I, you were right, once I went, I was hooked. I told you. My friend, uh, you were right. Tracy from Hawaii, She ever since her first year, she's been out every year since. She's, she's hooked. Comes all the way out from Hawaii every year. It's so much fun. <laughs> Eventually, we're going to hey, bring people that's... from everywhere. Yeah, no kidding. Hey, Paige, have you ever made any costumes that have a Hawaiian flair? Do you know? Now I'm inspired. Uh, I have not. <laughs> I've picked up. I picked up a grass skirt or two at the at the thrift, thinking I'm going to make a lion's mane out of it. But the sound of it is so you know, shushy shushy that uh, I think I would get on my, my own nerves. <laughs> so, so I would definitely <laughs> recommend. I would definitely recommend checking out the uh, Steampunk Hawaii Facebook page. The costuming they do with that Indonesian flair is incredible. Stop. The Polynesian flair, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, they do some really, really interesting costuming out there. Oh, absolutely. Very unique. A lot of Asian themed. You know, it's it's gorgeous. Hmm. Paige. There's one thing that people ask me whenever they see the things that I've posted and or they check out things. They ask me about the first two things I get asked about are the costume that looks like um, it seems to have a um, like an old Russian theme to it, but it looks like the the shoulders, uh, the mask, and the headdress look like stained glass. Yeah, that's um. <laughs> That's the craziest thing. Um, I found a stack of these 
color it yourself stained glass coloring books at the thrift store. And I mean, there was a whole bag of them. And so they were 25 cents each. And uh, and it included duplicates of, like, some of the same book. And when I picked it up and was looking at it, I just thought, you know, I wonder if there's a way to, like, put this in a costume and be able to light it from behind. And wouldn't that be interesting, maybe? And so for 25 cents each, I picked up about 10 of these books. And uh, that gave me the chance to do over if I messed it up. But I took them home and uh, thought, well, you know, to to illuminate something from behind, you've got to kind of build it out a little bit. And uh, at the thrift store, I found these classic uh, wall lanterns from the 70s that you would, like, hang on your wall and maybe put some plants in them. Uh Um, But they're kind of half of a plastic lantern, so there's space to you know, drop in a flashlight behind that. So I got serious about trying to make frames out of these to glue the the colored paper bits into. And, uh, you know, it just kind of evolved like it's actually going to work. And so I I colored and colored with different markers, uh, testing out what worked. And um, I swear to God, I'm never coloring again. Uh, I don't care how many menus (laughs) Cracker Barrel puts in front of me not coloring. Um, I'm kidding. I'm, ab- I'm absolutely going to color again. But it created this, this really cool effect because at a distance, it looks like stained glass. It's supposed to. Um, but it's actually paper, so I was able to, and it's lightweight, so you can carry it around in a, in a costume. So I put it in a, the headdress, and I put it in the shoulders, and I would put it on my feet if I had time. But... Um, it it really ended up being a a, a distracting, uh, eye-catching costume, and I enjoy wearing them so much, except that when people see me in it, they see that stained glass appearance, and it's just a, a human nature thing, but they stick out their finger and start reaching toward it to tap it with their finger, <gasps> and it's paper, so it, it, it will, you know, your finger through paper will happen. And so I've learned how to kind of do that matrix move in costume where you lean back while you're dodging the bullets. <laughs> and I go, no, it's paper. <laughs> um, but I, I'm pleased with the effect. I, I love using it. Um, so, yeah, that's what that is, is the children's coloring books. That is amazing. And speaking of, besides people trying to touch it when you know that's going to be, you know, d- disastrous to say the least, what do you, tell me about the kind of what people have seen this for the first time or probably even the third, fourth, or fifth, um, the kind of reaction you get from people and does it ever cease to be exciting or as exciting? No, it is wonderful every single time because – I know what it feels like to look at a costume and lose my mind, which is I'm in a costume usually (laughs) my face is covered. I've I've learned to leave my eyes open so I can see what's around me because I like to enjoy other people's costumes as well. But I know what it feels like to see someone do a costume that's a pun or a sly reference to a, a tiny scene in a movie or that looks like a, a Vegas showgirl stepping off a plane in the wind, 
I love all of this. There's something to love in every bit of costuming that I see. And so I know that feeling. And if someone looks at what I'm doing and I recognize that expression on their face because that's my face, this is delight. It's a compliment. It's a treasure. It's I'm more excited than they are. I can guarantee you 100%. Ah. Uh. Oh, Ben. Well, ladies, James, how did you get me, Paige? Um, I don't know what time, but I think I started talking to you on Facebook before that because of, uh, I believe it was probably John Strangeway. Oh, <laughs> the kitty bear. Who <laughs> will be he out, is. so yay. But I have got to go. My phone is, you know, telling me it's running oh, low okay. on battery. So Thank I will you see you two in about three weeks. Thank you, James. Yes, you will. Thank you so Amber much, Amber says bye. <laughs> bye, Amber. She can't really we'll talk. You. She's driving. They said bye, Amber. We'll see you. Okay. All right. Bye, All right, Amber. Bye, guys. Okay. All right. Oh, that was sweet. I love him. I do, too. I do, too. And uh, he and Amber, wow. <laughs> he was having so much fun. But, yeah, he... I'm just going to say he brought me into the life, so um, I am forever grateful. Um, who, who do you look to as far as an artist or a costumer that gives you exciting ideas? Well, um, I, I follow some people on Instagram that uh, that don't really do as much costuming as they do um, – Crafting with some of the same ornate uh, materials, ornate vibes, which I really like because, um, Madam Perry, because I don't sew and because I don't have really clean skills to build things, I make so many mistakes. I make, I burn things, I get glue drips on stuff, there's holes, there's problems, and Things that are ornate, you can add layers of embellishment to cover all the mistakes. So invariably, my costumes tend to be very elaborate. And the more elaborate they are, you can guarantee the more mistakes are there. Um, I mean, you can carbon date my costumes by how many problems I had, depending on how, how crusty with jewels it might be. And so when I'm looking at other artists' work, I, I really am kind of, uh, vibing with um, there's a, a Russian uh, ball jointed doll uh, designer and I can't pronounce her name it has a lot of consonants and vowels as Russian names are wont to be um, it's like Agnes Polozetska word salad something but if you if you search uh, <laughs> Agnes Russian ball jointed dolls the things that she does with tiny fabrics and jewels and paint that's just exquisite and I, I love to look at that. Um, I look at the uh, other steampunk builders because you know people who are working in the steampunk uh, ethic, they're all creative and all distinctly individual in their own ways and so you know I look at, at builders uh, like Dave Lee and Stephen Chapman and uh, just you know, uh, all of the people in our community. But I, I look at what they build to see how does that work? How does you know what's your thinking on this? Because very often the function of something 
uh, informs the prop. Like if it's a gun, well, what does it shoot or how does it shoot? Or if it's a, a utility belt, what's hanging on that to inform the character? I'm studying their work to see what kind of storytelling they're doing in their costumes because I want my costume to tell its own story as well. And uh, I may forget that, you know, there are other parts of the body besides a mask that can can speak to the character. So I look at everyone in the steampunk community to, to see what they do there, how they do that, why they do that. Um, it helps me understand what I'm doing better. And then I look at people with just... You know, they don't costume the way I do, but they have these massive talents, you know, just the talents that I don't have, like uh, Tom Cuthbert, uh, who is um, with uh, Mr. Bungle, Mr. Bungle's FX. He builds legitimate duplicate uh, prop fabrication, but it's just insanely precise, and he's got all these uh, skills and tools to do it, so I kind of look at him and envy his his talents, but admire his work. Um Drew Gardner from Red Horse Leather, the things that he comes up with are crazy. I will never be a leather worker. Um, I will never, you know, be casting in fiberglass, but I love to look at what people can do with that stuff. Mm-hmm. When you have uh, uh, costumes like, uh, help me with this, this says the Warhammer 40K Inquisitor for reasons? Yes, yes. That is so uncomfortable to wear, but I love it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I do. I do. <laughs> my son, my oldest son, the one who I lost the bet with, uh, plays Warhammer. And although I'm not going to play Warhammer with him, um, he said, Mom, you know, try on the, the novels then, because they're, of course, novels in the whole universe. And uh, so he uh, introduced me to uh, a wonderful trilogy and uh, I read these these Warhammer novels and I could sense how rich and crusty and gothic that world is and violent and and judgy <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> as I read yeah as I read the novels I thought you know this I, I know that people do Warhammer costuming um and they often base it off the the figures and and the games workshop you know materials that they produce but I felt like I could produce something that kind of uh, was informed by the the literary world that accompanies it, and uh, so yeah, I wanted to build I wanted to build a sister of battle at first, but I've never worn a wig, and usually they wear these really cute platinum white bobs, and I just couldn't see me doing that. But I can absolutely see me a super judgy inquisitor type. So uh, you know, I just, just just started collecting things from the thrift store that looked like they would uh, fit my body. Uh, let you know, little boy's leg armor from uh, baseball ends up the sports gear ends up at the thrift store all over the place, and it's made to fit bodies. So it's ideal to start building off of. And uh, I found two plastic wall sconces that happened to just fit right under my boobs, and uh, oh. so. And, and, a, and two salad bowls that also fit, so that all got glued together and repainted. And uh, just every bit of that you know, came from the thrift store. So there's a red graduation, oh, a black graduation robe. There's a, a red prom dress in that that I uh, used a seam ripper to take it apart and turn the bodice upside down and make kind of a, a nun's coif with it. Uh, some thrift store jewelry. 
Um, the only thing on that costume that wasn't pretty much thrifted or found were a couple of the uh, uh, actual Warhammer 40K iconography, um, you know, the, the medallions and things like that that I'm not going to find at the thrift store. My dear friend Chris in Florida saw me working on the project through Facebook and just sent me a box of that stuff he had 3D printed knowing that it was going to push the costume over the top, and it did. It uh, kind of put mm-hmm. a, you know, the Warhammer you know, stamp of approval on it. So I'm, on, I'm in his deck for you know, sending along these pieces that I would never be able to make or thrift. You know, when, I, when you talked about it, how heavy the costume was, um, I look over on your, your website, Costume Artist, and I see that you had a blog post uh, from 2016 that reads, the title of the blog post is DragonCon 2016. Paige Gardner and her poor feet. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, every bit of that weight, you know, lands on your feet in the end. Um, it was, it's, and it's also a lot of hard plastic. You know, those are plastic walled decor that should be hanging on a wall, and instead, I've got it sort of cushioned and hanging off of my shoulders or my hips, and uh, it's, it doesn't bend. It's not uh, lightweight foam. I mean, it's plastic, but it still has some weight, and it accumulates and. Yeah, I mean, and it clanks when I walk. I guess that's extra and good, but that clanking is just weight. And uh, so, yeah, I've got a four-hour <laughs> limit in that costume, and then I'm out. Because <laughs> I, I try to imagine that, you know, this is what, uh, 2020, but way back around the late 90s and the early aughts, I used to work a lot, and believe me, I never thought I'd be doing this, but I used to work for a couple of agencies as a – uh, celebrity impersonator, and I did. Started with Marilyn Monroe, and then I did Madonna, and then because usually if you do one, you do the other. So they told me, yeah, well, yeah, I need to work up the other one. And then I did get hired one time. They did ask me to do Dolly Parton for an event that wanted Dolly Parton, and I never did it again. And when somebody asked why, I said it's too hard on the back. Yeah. 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 It absolutely is. As a matter of fact, um, Jennifer, and some of my costumes that are heavy, um, I have to balance them like a teeter-totter. My shoulder is the fulcrum for a a teeter-totter costume because if I'm adding weight to the front, I've got to add weight to the back. And so, you know, maybe it wasn't going to have a cape, but the front's gotten so heavy, I've got to add a cape and tassels in the back just just so I don't tip over. Um, that so there's a lot of engineering that goes into this. There is, and it's it's amateurish engineering. It's it's. I don't, I, I don't have any engineering knowledge, but I know that if I'm tilting forward or uh, you know dolly partening on the front, then I need to you know yeah. hunch back a Notre Dame on the back to get some some balance out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, you yeah, because you don't want to be falling over. You don't want to get damaged out there. Um, have you have you ever started a costume and then suddenly it took a, a, a turn to something else? Like you had a plan, you had a persona and a plan and an idea, and then it sort of morphed on you. Yeah, um, that that pretty much happens with every costume um, because. I kind of start with collect. I have I have ideas. I have a uh, a note in my phone that says costume notes, and yeah, you know, I get ideas like, hey, how about 
you know, this type of character with this kind of colors, maybe these kind of things. And they just kind of float around until I accidentally stumble into enough of the pieces at the thrift store. I think now's the time to actually make that thing happen. Um, but they all, you know, their best intentions, but nothing goes to plan when you're working without patterns and you're working without, um, you know, affordable, easy-to-hand things. I, I depend on the universe to give me what it's going to give me. And um, and my pocketbook gives me what it's going to give me, which is stingy. <laughs> my pocketbook is stingy. But, uh, yeah, they, they evolve as they go along. Um, even the costume I'm working on right now, uh, for Wild Wild West, kind of, I'm actually on my Facebook page, um, uh, Costume Art on Facebook, I've started a a 30-day cosplay challenge for myself. It's just because this is across country for me. I'm in Birmingham, and Wild West Con is in the desert, um, you know, out west. I just don't see myself shipping or or carrying in check luggage one of my typical big, you know, crazy costumes. And so I wanted to make something that was more portable, and more packable for this convention. And when they announced the theme for Wild Wild West Con this year, which is magic and mystery, I thought, okay, I've got two things in front of me, lightweight something and foldable, packable, that's somehow magical and mysterious. And, you know, the universe just you know, comes right at me and says, here, the thrift store is going to give you a shower curtain that has astrological symbols and, and the tarot <gasps> And, um, I mean, uh, I am, I am blessed by the thrift gods, but I looked at that and, and there's these huge tarot cards. I mean, they're, they're like, you know, eight by tens almost. And I thought, well, that's mysterious and magical in a way. And maybe I could make a costume with these tarot cards on it. And so in my mind, I thought, oh, it'll be a, a big skirt and these tarot cards will be all around the hem and, and that'll be neat. But. It wasn't neat when I got it home and started looking at <laughs> what I had. I had nothing that matched the colors in the tarot card. And, you know, so, and then I started uh, pinning them around the hem of just a skirt. And then you couldn't see the cards because the skirt moved. My idea is just going up in flames. But then, <laughs> I, but then I just, you know, Googled tarot and realized how tarot readers do what's called spreads and they lay out the cards in certain ways and some of those spreads that I saw were a whole different shape for you know looking at tarot cards and that meant it wasn't wasn't going around the hem it's going up the front of the dress and so I went back into my closet to find a, a prom dress that could handle a whole tarot card spread on the front and I found it and so this uh, 30 day thing is uh, walking through uh, day by day, the process of making this tarot-themed gown uh, ensemble that is nothing like I intended, um, but it's coming <laughs> together. And it's going to be something. I mean, it's going to be something when I'm finished, and I will hopefully be pleased with it. Um, but the only thing I could come up with was this is going to be hopefully in the desert sun. And so instead of an illuminated costume, which I, you know, run towards sometimes, this one is going to reflect the light. So it is just crusty mm. with sequins <laughs> and beads that 
I've cut up these uh, you know, cheap sequins Mother of the Bride tops from the thrift store, and I'm just <laughs> gluing and tacking that stuff all over it. I'm going to be just like this crazy tarot disco ball in the desert, and I think it's going to be okay. I think it's going to be okay. <laughs> and when, and I, I know it's going to be okay. I know it's going to be more than okay, and we're going to be looking forward to it. Listen, by the way, we've had I've had so much fun talking to you. I forgot I was supposed to do a, a promo spot uh, 15 minutes ago. For do our it. sponsor this month, so if you'll hold do me it. just a minute. And by the way, for people still listening, and you know what, there's a lot of people listening to the show right now. Was it Amber and uh, Jim? Also, I think Jim uh, uh, James Springer's listening. Uh, I know Wheeler Stone is, and Tony. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah. A lot of people are listening, so thank you guys, everybody. Uh, Tony Ballard Smoot. Yeah, a lot of people. Thank you so much for listening out there. But if you want to say something to Paige, call in the number 646-716-9922 or just send it to me through a message. You know, I'm still trying to get uh, John Strangeway. He was on here a couple of years ago, or maybe it was a year ago, but not this time. And I'm wondering if I've offended you in some way, John Strangeway. If I have, I certainly never meant to. Um, So let me know what it is. Because uh, we want you back. So if we wait just a minute, I'm going to give uh, Paige about 60 to 75 seconds off here. And I'm going to talk about Daisy Bella. You heard me talk about them last night. Um, think about things like all the stuff that you see and hear every day, messages, what kind of messages, what kind of things. You know, sometimes we need a detox from negative messages like if you could only be smaller, why don't you lose weight, why don't you do this, that, or the other. Daisy Bella, well, they believe that, uh, you know, that's not good. We feel better. We do better. We're more inspired when we are surrounded and we share positive messages. For example, they have T-shirts, hoodies, and jewelry. Uh, they're very, very well made. They're very beautiful, beautiful colors, beautiful graphics on them. They're made of 100% heirloom combed and ring spun cotton, which is hand screen printed with water-based ink. And they're ethically made in RAP-certified factories. Now, they have expressions, beautiful art. Say, be your own kind of beautiful, or you are enough. Beautiful girl, you can do amazing things. Follow your dreams, believe in yourself. And every soul is perfect. I mean, these, it just goes on and on. But just wonderful things, the kind of things that you want to wear, kind of things you want to give as a gift to your best friends, your your girlfriends, your sisters, your daughters, your mother, uh, your favorite aunt, which that's what I am, I hope. Uh, and also, they do more than just write a positive message on a shirt. It's more than that. They also believe in actually doing the work beyond designs. Their mission at Daisy Bella is to create and celebrate fun-spirited fashion that inspires confidence in women of all shapes and sizes with positive, uplifting messages and images. And they also support through, I think it's 10%, yes, 10% of their proceeds or profits go to helping women uh, who need shelter, who need homes, uh, women and girls who going through a rough time. Maybe they just need help finding a place to stay. They support local charities that help women and children rebuild their lives, providing safe housing 
critical services and programming for women and children for um, they've done this for more than three decades. Uh, also, it's helping uh, young girls go to camps. They can get away, just enjoy themselves, learn some different things, make new friends. They're, Daisy Bell is a company that's inspired by an incredibly strong and positive mom who reminded her daughter and uh, her daughters that every day uh, they are special and they should always reach for the star, and that resiliency inspired them. And so if you go, the website is daisy, D-A-I-S-Y hyphen Bella, B-E-L-L-A, daisybella.com, and I'm sharing this on all my social media, so if you can't write it down, you'll find it. But you know what? If you go there and shop, oh, and the jewelry's cute too, the bracelets. If you go there and shop, when you get ready to check out, they've given me a special discount code for you, and it is think. Uh, thank you, excuse me, thank you, 20, T-H-A-N-K-Y-O-U, and then two zero. thank you, 20. Use that as your discount code, and all of my listeners who shop there get a 20% discount with the thank you, 20 code, which I think is even nicer. If they weren't nice enough at Daisy Bella and didn't make beautiful clothes and do wonderful things, that's even nicer. So check out Daisy Bella now. I'm also going to be talking to another fabulous person. Again, bringing her back in. I gave her about a minute and a half break. Paige Gardner. I, I am just so uh, it, it, just so looking forward to Wild Wild West Con, but you've got a lot of other places that you are and um, going to be this year besides Wild Wild West Con. And why don't you tell us where you're going to be because people – Go ahead and start planning their calendars, planning their trips. Well, I, I know that after a while, a lot of us fun. Um, there's a convention in Birmingham that I have, I know I live here, but I haven't been. And I'm kind of dying to go. Um, it's uh, Magic City Con at uh, the local Galleria that's attached to has this big hotel. But I kind of want to go there just like incognito. So if somebody's going, uh, you know, ping me through Facebook and let's just meet up and hang out. I, you know, I'm not sure I'll costume, but I just want to go and look at everybody else's costume. Um, well, when is that? When is summer, Magic City Con? It's in June. I feel like it's the, the middle of June. Um, but like, okay. I'm, I'm not a guest. I'm not a guest there, but I just, you know, that's my home, my own thing. I need to, you know, go check that out. And so I, All right. and I, and I, people I, I see your pictures. Okay. For people who aren't aware, Magic City is also the name, uh, nickname for Birmingham, like Atlanta's the AT Aliens and Hotlanta or whatever. Uh, Magic City is Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, so, hey, I may drive over there. It's only about an well, hour and a half, do. two hours for me do. to drive. Yeah, okay. we'll meet up. Right. It'll be fun. Now, I am right. uh, invited to attend uh, Key City, which is the uh, convention that Doc Stone, we are Stone Lund. And that's going to be uh, in mid-August. I feel like it's August. It's my birthday weekend, guys. So if, if you Yay! don't have something to do, come celebrate my birthday with me, uh, August 15th and 16th uh, at Key City. Um, really looking forward to that. I know that I followed it um, greedily on uh, Facebook last year because so many amazing makers were there, and uh, there are people that I learned from, and uh, some of them I know, some of them I want to know. And uh, I understand that Wheeler's ethic for that convention is you know, gathering makers not just to uh, share their work with you know, the attendees and the audience, but with each other. We, 
and that's what we do. We get together and, and compare notes and share tips and, and inspire each other and lift each other up. So I'm really excited about that. And uh, Dragon Con, I'm, okay, uh, so I work. Key City. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me just say that again. Key City Steampunk Festival, and that um, let's see the hotel is the Wyndham Gettysburg, and that is going to take place in. Uh, where is it going to be? Gettysburg. All right. August. And fifteenth and sixteenth, yeah, I believe. Yeah, uh, August. Yeah, fourteenth to the sixteenth. Okay. And so, thank you so very much uh, to Wheeler Doc Stone for being on here and talking about it. But yeah, and their website is key that's k e y Steampunk dot com. Uh, so yeah, it's going to have Doc Stone. Brian Fadrish, Tobias Curry, Paige Gardner. Um, yeah, it's going to be, uh, yeah, Maryland. So uh, that'll be fun. Okay, and Dragon Con. Yes, Dragon Con is uh, not really my home. I don't live in Atlanta, but uh, it's close to home. And since I that lost bet 10 years ago, um, cold dead, you know, <laughs> fingers or, you know, grips around that convention, it's uh April and I go with our roommate Vicky and and other family and friends, and uh, we spend a long weekend there. And very often, uh, I'm an attending professional. Well, there's really nothing professional about me. It's amateurish, but it's really big amateur. So <laughs> I do panels yeah. there, and, but I also work for the convention. So there are uh, special events. We do an amazing costume contest at the Georgia Aquarium. Um, we tend to do a, a big runway fashion show in one of the ballrooms that features um, sometimes it's all villain costumes, sometimes it's all alternate history, steampunk costumes. But um, I work for the convention uh, as an event planner and uh, a costume judge in, in various roles. But uh, that's uh, two weeks after Key City uh, Dragon Con in Atlanta. Yay. All right. So I'll maybe I'll go over and see you in Magic City. You'll come over to my place in uh, Atlanta, my town. And, uh, of course, then you'll be heading up to uh, Key City. Wheeler, uh, Doc Stone just said thanks for mentioning Key City. You are welcome, Doc Stone. And uh, I am just thrilled. Well, I am so glad. I uh, shared. I put a lot of pictures on the if, – if you – that people can, you know uh, – listen to podcasts on several different platforms and I'm on almost I think I'm on all of them even some that I don't know a finite pod bean I know I'm on Stitcher um, Apple iTunes and so forth and if you're looking at the blog talk radio I made a slideshow of several uh, photos of Paige and so uh, check that out check out her website check out um, even on Facebook costume art um, she's yes. also on Twitter. Twitter is at well, uh, Twitter. Art. No, Twitter is, is it, nope. unless you follow my politics, you're not going to like me much on Twitter. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. I'm a, yeah. I'm a I, raging a, progressive. Hey, I love you. So. <laughs> I love you even more when I read that, okay? I already was crazy about you, but I love you even more when I saw that. So, yeah, believe me, I know. Um, well, so I will say, page. If, you're on, if you're on Instagram, it's Ham Page, B-H-A-M Page, and I post a lot of costume work on Instagram as well. 
Okay. All right. Well, I will be checking that because I posted your pictures on Instagram earlier today. And thank you so much. Uh, I can't believe it. It's just uh, an hour has flown by so fast. And uh, thank, thank you. you so very much for being so generous with your time. I know you could have got a lot of stuff glued <laughs> while you were talking to me. But <laughs> you were saying that, that I haven't been glued while you... we're talking. That's adorable. <laughs> You know that thought. That thought went through my mind. I thought she's gonna have on a headset like me and be gluing, gluing as we speak, darling. Gluing as we speak. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, you could be doing anything, gluing, sleeping, whatever. But thank you so much for spending time with me here at Madame Perry Salon, and uh, I'll be sharing all uh, the website, the pictures, and look forward. Wild West Con, and everybody else can look forward to seeing you. Paige, thank you so very much. I wish you so much more success and joy and art and creativity and uh, and everything your brilliant, talented, creative, clever heart desires. And thank well, you for being here. Jennifer, you're very kind. Thank you. All right. And so I'm going to close out with my mantra. Everybody's got to be Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.